Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Good morning. How y'all doing? How y'all doing in the cafe? Are you ready for some hot and steamy conversation this morning? What you drinking on? What you sipping on? Carmel Macchiato? That's my favorite beverage right there. That's how I get my day started. Hot and steamy. My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This, this is Stephen, and I just wanted to share. You should always be in a place where you're celebrated. Life is too short to stay somewhere and tolerate. If you cannot help a person, don't hurt them. Especially when boys just hold essences to bring out the best in other people. Something that touches other people, and that's what your show does. It doesn't. It's not just conversation as you started. It actually has a purpose. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday, every, every Saturday at 10 a.m. It's your girl Soy in the cafe, and I am sipping on my favorite morning beverage. I hope you have yours in hand because it is about to be a great, great show. Sipping on my caramel macchiato with a little bit of cinnamon sprinkled on top. Uh, B, what's going on, B? How are you this morning? Man, I'm good. I'm good. I'm chilling. I had a great time in New York. Uh, right now I'm in Cuba. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Shout out to my cousin who's the new NFC uh, featherweight champion, number one in Georgia, my man Josh Lighton. And um, sorry, man, I, I just I had a great week. I'm having a great week, man. This is August has been a very busy month, but I'm having a good time. I'm loving life right now. Is that am I wrong for that right now? Like, am I? You know, I mean, I feel like we always talk this positive talk, and everything is all good. I'm kind of worried. It's I'm having always. too much fun right no, now. No, <laughs> no it, it should be good. You know, it should be good. And the thing is that, you know, we as people need to stop expecting bad things to happen. We got to speak on it. We got to speak great things into our life and expect them to happen. So you're exactly where you're supposed to be. Uh, and when you're touching people's lives and doing things for good, you know, you you're always going to going to benefit. I mean, my cup runneth over, and every day I wake up, I'm looking for opportunities. I'm expecting God to do something great. So enjoy it, enjoy it, enjoy it. You know what? You always know what to say. How about that? Hey, I'm gifted. I'm gifted. I'm using my gifting. But you know what? Listen, so someone else is in the cafe with us this morning, and she knows what to say, too. So let's welcome to the cafe with us uh, this morning. Diana Watley. Good morning, ma'am. How are you? I am well. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, good morning. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. I'm well. Congrats to your cousin. Congrats to all the blessings that are flowing both of your way. Congrats to life. How about that? Congrats to living and making it another day. <laughs> I'm good with that, too. That yeah. You know what? I'm real good with that. Oh, man, this is going to be a good show. So, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Now, I understand that you're a politician. Is that right? I am Diana Wiley, first. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I am Diana Wiley. I am currently a candidate for Atlanta City Council, so pre-politician. And super excited about the season God has me in. Um, I know that I'm, I'm 
been given this opportunity to affect more change in people people's lives. But before anything, I'm a woman of God. I'm a lover. I'm a caregiver. I'm a provider. I'm a nurturer. I'm a family advocate. I've done that for the last nine years. I'm an empowerment speaker. I've done that for the last 12 years. I'm an author. I'm a lot of things. I wear I wear a lot of hats, you guys. Uh-huh. Now, now, okay. Diana, now, how do you how do you keep this all together with you doing so many things? How do you how do you keep balance in your life? Constant meditation, constant talking to myself, ensuring that I'm saying the right thing, that I'm being the person that God wants me to become, that I'm slow to anger. It's just, it's a constant work. There is never a time I'm not telling myself, "Don't say that," even though you're thinking it, or "Don't respond that way," because you know, responses are important and detrimental to your future. And so one um, decision to, I call it a DUI, make a decision under the influence of anger or frustration can cost you your destiny. So it's a constant work. That's it. On yourself. Mm. I get that. I get that. <laughs> so basically you're saying that you're always under construction. Is that what I'm hearing? Always. Always under new management. Always. And I don't, I, I don't look to other people to get me right. I'm always getting me right. It's a constant work. You got to work on yourself before you can be perfect anybody else. So, so working on yourself. Tell us when. When did you know that this was for you? Interesting enough, you know, it came up for me a year ago. Um, you know, I was talking to my fiance about the next levels. I'm always thinking about what the next levels. Are. I'm never never complacent on what you know on my career and what I wanted to do. And so, I wanted to be able to put myself in a position to affect more change. And so this year the conversation came back around with me and one of my friends, and she's also my business partner. The conversation came back around. I said, you know what, maybe this is the time. And, you know, I said, give me a couple of days. Let me pray about it. Let me hear what thus says the Lord. And anything that gives me the ability to show people that they can make it, that they can pursue purpose, that they are powerful in their own right, that no matter where they come from and the hands they've been dealt, that they can do anything. If I'm that martyr, if I'm that example, I want to be just that. And so it's interesting that I'm stepping into politics, but I'm the woman that's going to remain humble, but also focused on the mission and not the position. I think what's going to Mm -hmm. set me apart from most people who actually like politics and enter into politics is the fact that I know that position means nothing if you're not showing kids that they can be great position is nothing if the women in your community don't feel like they are the mothers of all all children. If your kids are walking to school and, and can't even have safe roads to walk on, if fathers are not employed, position doesn't matter. And so I feel like, it's, you know, in this season, as long as I can focus on the mission, that I'll be great in whatever I do, whether I win or not. I, I have to ask, I mean, and, and this might be an obvious question, but I have to ask. Why politics? I mean, there's there's many different things that you could choose um, to jump into that are give the same that are yield some of the same results. So why politics? Why 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 the seat then? I I definitely feel like I'm already serving in capacities that allow me to make change. So I'm a family advocate. I get paid to go into homes and provide behavior modification for kids. I get to provide parenting skills for mothers who feel and fathers who feel like they've lost their way. And so I'm, a, I'm an empowerment speaker. I travel the country speaking to one, women, all, you know, for the last 12 years. I think I'm already in the position to affect change, but there comes a time in your life that you can't allow the leaders of your community not to work for you. And so having a seat will allow me to affect more legislation, more change, more policy for the people I care about. 
for the people I service all these years to be able to say, hey, there's somebody out there speaking for us. And so that's why I'm doing that's why I'm doing politics. Okay. That makes mm-hmm. sense. Now I understand that you you've gone and some of your target groups have been uh women and families, like you just said. So what do you feel is the most challenging element to work with families in, in, in our community. And I guess it's going to be especially District 12. What's the most challenging uh, aspect of working with families and children in that community? You know, I don't I, I don't like to pinpoint a community, honestly, Brandon. I think that, you know, as a whole, people have lost their way. I, I don't want to just say District 12. You know, I, I don't just service people in District 12, even though that would be the, the district I'm representing. I serve people from all walks of life, from all districts. So, But, you know, for the sake of, of, of the city of Atlanta, I think that people have lost their way. I think that people feel hopeless. I think that mothers are making life choices whether or not they're going to feed their children or pay their rent. That fathers who who want to be involved in their children's lives, but because so many elements or whether they're convicted felon and have to get on the streets and serve another sentence, I think that people feel hopeless as a whole. And so if they can look to someone who has stayed in the projects and people told me they were, I would never amount to anything, and you had your haters and your naysayers, they can look at me and say, you know what, she, because of you, I'm making it. Because somebody did me like that, I often get the question, why are you running? And, and and my statement mm-hmm. is simple but profound. It's because somebody believed in me. Somebody believed in me enough to carry me through and pray me through and see me through. And when I felt low on my luck, they pushed me through. Somebody cared, cared enough for me, and that's why I'm running, so that people can look at me and say, because of her, I didn't give up. You know, it, it, it's difficult to pursue your, your, your life's purpose when you feel hopeless, when no one is thinking about you and no one is caring about you. It's it's difficult to be great when you feel like you're unsupported and you're electing leaders that that's just about the money or the status quo or want to make the next news headline. Like we need lead, we need honest leadership. That's what a true leader is. A true leader is pulling their team along with them and not the only one at the top. To me, that's not success. And it really just depends on how you weigh success. No one will ever. God won't ask me at the end of the day, "What did you do for yourself?" He's gonna do. He's gonna say, "What did you do for the lives of others?" And that's my mission. That's my focus. And going into the office, you know, the goal is to build partnerships in the community, effective partnerships. So even if I make a decision that is contrary to what they think, feel, and believe, they trust me. But mm-hmm. reputation is important. Who you say you are is important. And being a woman of your word is important. And that, that's what I plan to move forth on, those principles. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what what would be your first order of business once you get in office if you're elected? I definitely want to focus on um, building a bridge between city council, the city of Atlanta, and the school system. Because we have to understand that if our children are failing, the city is failing. And so I think that if we can build a collaborative partnership between the school and the city, so that the city is also looking at what our kids are doing and whether or not they're thriving. I think the second order would be to place people with jobs, job placement. Like I said, a mother should never have to make a life choice whether or not she's going to pay her bills or get elected. 
or I'm mean, evicted, I'm sorry, or feed her kids. I think that we need to give our people hope. I mean, some, you know, sometimes I think that, you know, I think that they, a lot of people feel, and I won't say names, but I think that the impression is if we push everybody out of the city and push them to surrounding counties, then perhaps um, the city would be better. But that's not true because as long as people have access to the city and they, they lack hope, then they still going to come kicking your door. So we want to alleviate some of the crime that's going on. Let's give our children community centers, a centers, an idle mind mm-hmm. is the devil's workshop. That if all kids have to do, have to do in the community is run the streets, what do you think is next after running the streets? Growing up in Carver Homes, we had community centers. We had that village mm-hmm. mentality. If I got in trouble in school, I'm gonna get in trouble by every neighbor, almost all the way up to the house, because those people cared enough to ensure that we stayed on the right track. And that's what I want to bring back to Atlanta, which is why my taglines and my slogan is "Revive, Restore, Renew." We have to renew, you know, renew the commitment of service in our city. We have to restore our communities by ensuring that they're safer, by ensuring that our seniors. Our seniors, the wisdom at the roots of our community can walk the streets and mow their lawns without being murdered. We had two men in the city of Atlanta being murdered when they was just out minding their business over the age of 70. We have to make sure that our mm-hmm. seniors are protected, that our people, the women and children are protected in the city, and they revive. Reviving families, making stronger family structures, giving kids something to do. But it's, it's so many things. This I can go on and on and on. But the yeah. baseline of that is people. <laughs> I can't girl. I get on my soapbox. <laughs> mm-hmm. What past experiences um have prepared you for this role? You know, working working with people, um, as a family advocate, um, you know, being able to work with different community organizations, you know, being a lazy liaison between, you know, children and the community has prepared me. You know, and not only that, you know, like I said, from legacy, I, I was a little girl knocking on doors with my grandmother out in the community, ensuring that people voted. You know that that that's how I was uh, I was brought up. Now I'm actually being able to do this as an adult, and so you know my my work for the betterment of people is preparing me to work again and advocate on just on a different scale. That's it. I'm just advocating on a larger scale and and for for a a a single community. I definitely like that, and I understand that. I have, I have, I have to ask. Sometimes in politics, we have an honest person, and there's a dishonest seat. Like a political chair is not always an honest seat. What are you going to do to protect yourself and your people from the dishonesty and the cutthroatness of politics? What are you going to do to protect? Because if you intend on being a pillar of light, a beacon, if you intend on being, um the community's night and shine and armor, which I think that you can do, and I also think that you would look really good doing it. What are you going to do to protect yourself from that? You know, the first level of protection is protecting yourself, ensuring that you are setting the example, ensuring that when you do see something that's not right, that you don't sit and let it let it just pass by. You know, the city of Atlanta and different cities and states have been known for, you know, leaders and people in the community that they're not doing what they say they're going to do. But it starts with us. I want to be always be the person that if I can't do something for you, I'm not going to sell you no dream. And I think there's too many dreams selling. I think that if you keep it real, if you can't do it, if you can't get it done, then you just can't get it done. But that's why relationships and building relationships with your community is important. Your com- the community has to see the leaders that's serving them. And so for me, it's going to start with me, Brandon. 
It's going to make sure that I'm not sitting around and just doing something because I'm with the status quo. I, I, I would rather not run than to be involved and tarnish my name because way before I, I would be city council, I'm, I was Diana first. You know, way, way before mm-hmm. I, I was city council, I was the family advocate first. And, and so it, it starts with, again, going back to the position versus the mission. Understanding what the mission is will keep you honest. Absolutely. And so what differentiates you? Now, I'm, I'm, I'm only assuming that <laughs> we have somebody in that spot already. So what is going to make you better than her? It's not It's not about being better. Um, that, that, that would suggest that I'm... Um, comparing myself to her. It's about doing no, what I, I think, know I could do. I think it I think it is actually about being better because if I'll, I'll be honest with you, if somebody is not doing a job not necessarily satisfactory, but I think I could do it better or different or make change faster, I'm gonna say, hey listen, I think I could do that better. Let me go ahead and throw my hat in the ring and see if I could do it better. So I, I don't shy away from the choice of words, but I feel where you're coming from. So what, what do you think that you're going to do better than just to make you comfortable? What do you think you're going to do better? I mean, yeah, do, I'm sorry, not better. better. I like different. do better Excuse than me. be better than, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like, I like that. I like that. Be, do better than be better than her because I'm not, I'm not really looking at, at her. I'll tell you that the district is not pleased, um, you know, at, when I go out and meet the constituents. You know, she doesn't show up. And so I'm, I'm going to show up. And, again, like I said, I'm not going to be able to please everybody. It's impossible. So I'm not even going in with the mindset that I – will be able to please every single person in a district of over 21,000 people. But I will build relationships with the people so that they see me, they know me, they know where I am to keep and be able to keep them abreast of everything that's going on in the district. I think a lot of people in my district are oblivious to what is going on. I think that the only time they see city councilwoman now is when she's running for re-election. And I think that priorities need to be addressed. You know, there have been some recent things that have been passed, but when our children, when schools are closing on our block, y'all, when we're three miles from Midtown and we still look like a third-world country, and that's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I think showing up is not just, you know, me saying one thing and not and not being there, but actually being touchable. You can, we, you can never be a leader or a pillar of your community if you feel like you are separate and distinct from the people that you serve. And so I'm no better than my neighbor. I'm no better than the lady that stays over a street from me or two minutes from me. I am them. And so I think as a leader, the one thing that I would do best is to show that I'm just like you and not better than you. That's why I didn't like that word because, you know, sometimes we feel untouchable when we get certain positions. I'm not untouchable. I'm just yeah. that same girl from Carver Home that took a bigger chance. That's it. That's it. Mm. I, 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 I actually wanna. I, I actually wanted to just comment on that because I I, I think that the word better um, sends sends a different message as well. I, I think it's about building. You know, just like we mentioned earlier, it it takes a village. It takes a village to raise kids. It took a village to bring us up. You know, and when you look at that, it, it it's like some of the challenges that we have in the streets, in the city, in the community, in the schools, and even the homes, it, it takes, it's going to take more than one person to fix it. So mm-hmm. it's like, how can I come in with my unique skills and talents and experience and connections to make change? What can I do? Right. We don't want to reinvent the wheel, um, but do right. kind of um, look at our skills and what we have to change a certain area. You know, one politician may have to come in and can make a better um, change in education. One can bring jobs, you know, so it's kind of looking at what the needs of the city is and, 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 and mm-hmm. what is um, priority. And with that being said, what, what is the greatest challenge in this moment with um, District 12? 
You know, there there are a few of them. I mean, crime rates have definitely gone down in District 12, um, but, you know, not a lot of development or um, in addition to gentrification already happening, so to speak, that people can no longer afford to even live in the city. And so we want to make sure if you are working for the city, you get to live in the city. We also want to make sure that the people who built this district on, on their back should not be able, you know, won't be able to be pushed out because the cost of living is so high. You know, we're bringing jobs to our district. We need to make sure that the people in the district are the ones getting the jobs. We can't just allow people to come in the district on the things that we, we've done on our backs. I've been in the district in my entire life. I grew up on Prior Road, which is Carver Homes is not in my district, but right across the street is, interesting enough. And so I've been here, I've been in the district all my life, and I've seen changes for the good, and I'm all for the changes. But we can't keep building buildings and stop building people. So just for the people, you know, since we're on the subject, just for the people, could you give me a brief description of what city council does and uh, let's, you know, get, get your site and everything out there, but specifically what does the city council do? Everybody knows what the mayor does. Everybody knows what the governor does. What will you be doing as a member of the city council? So very briefly, very briefly, I will tell you that the city council um, for lack of a better word, holds the purse string. So we, we hold the budget for the city. And we, we, we say the things that would need, need to be done. We speak on behalf of our district. And our goal is to encourage the mayor to get things done, and we give, give the mayor the money to get done what we need to get done for the district. So that's, the mayor executes some of our suggestions, and he'll send down and say, well, um, I want to put this money here. And we'll go back and forth trying to fight for the betterment of the district. Okay, awesome. So when when a school closes, and I, and I just want to be clear, when a school closes, then it's that person's fault, correct? Whose person's fault? Whomever, the, this, the person that's in the city council seat. When a school closes that can empower young people, it's their fault. No, no, no. See, city council no? does not govern. City council don't govern um, school closes. That's for the Atlanta Board of Education. What I was okay. suggesting, though, because I am a family advocate, is that there should be a, a huge bridge and partnership built between the city, what the city does and how the city wins, and our children. That's what I'm, that's one of my platforms. That's what I want to do. Because if our children are failing, we are too. That, no, so that's, that's, that's for the people in the district. That, it, a lot of people waved on that. That has nothing to do with city council. Though. That's just one of my platforms okay. because when we lose a draw, I fight for kids. And I fight for making sure that kids get what they need in the first thing that is education. Okay, well, I like to hear that. I like the sound of that. Grandman love the kids. <laughs> All right. Diana, tell tell the audience where they can get more information about you um and about your campaign. Absolutely. So everything is Diana Wiley, that's D I A N A W A T L E Y. Um so everything com. I'm Diana Watley on Facebook. I'm Diana Watley on Twitter, Diana Watley on Instagram. You know, also we have a lot of events coming up. We're having Women for Watley event um, because my background is in empowerment and I've gone viral and I wrote written books for women collaborating in this season and just getting together and ridden all the jealousy. So we're having a huge women's empowerment event. I said on August 26th, I said to myself that it may be the best message I ever deliver, but I don't know how I'm going to top all my other messages. But I'm super excited about that. We want women to really come together and mean it. You know, I say all the time in my messages, we cannot keep wishing each other well, and then when we get well, you get mad. 
we have to be able to know how how strong we are for our community. We have to know what our positions are as women in the community. So I'm super, super excited about the August 26th event. They can also go to the website and email me at Diana for District 12 to get information on that. We have a good men's event coming up, Men for Wiley, which is on the 17th of next week. It's an intermediate event, but if you want an invite, you'll definitely have to email us. And so we're also doing the Hope Fest, which I'm super, super excited about. The Hope Fest is September 9th. But we're rallying the people in the community to talk about the things that need to be changed to make sure that our senior and our children have activities so that they can continue to thrive and be happy and be joyful. So we're bringing hope back to District 12 on September 9th. We'd love to have you, so and Brandon, come out. Let's talk to the community. Let's really be about the business of God and God's business people. So super excited about everything that's to come down. We're looking for volunteers. We need donations, so if you want to support the campaign, just simply go to my website. Again, it's Diana Watley at so dianawatley.com. Sorry about that. Awesome. No problem at all. Thank you, Diana. We have enjoyed you in the cafe uh, with us today. Uh, I like, I really like the fact that you mentioned that you are on a mission and not just after the position. Uh, I hope yes. that sticks with everyone else who are out there in roles of leadership continue pursuing purpose, and we thank you for joining us in the cafe today. Thank you. Looking forward to connecting you guys. All right. Be blessed. Coffee Talk with Soy, that is your new morning show where Real Talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'd like to thank the listeners and the guests for joining me in the cafe today. What a wonderful time we had. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Don't forget to download the app, Coffee Talk with Soy, from your app store. It's available on iTunes and Google Play. Stay connected. Stay connected, folks, by visiting the website, coffeetalkwithsoy.com as well as looking for us under your social media sites. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the name Coffee Talk with Soy. Remember, the size of the problem is never the issue. Remember, it's the size of you. Be great because you are awesome. Tell them Soy said so. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye-bye.